there's nothing wrong with sites like Upwork. I, I think it, it, it attracts a very particular type of client. I think there are other ways that you can get this type of client where the cost of acquisition isn't as high. What I think a lot of people don't realize, though, is that that's what you get with Upwork is, yes, there are so, some bottom of the barrel clients, but what you also get is a very robust pipeline of potential new clients. Hey there, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. The journey from freelancing to running your own agency comes with its own unique set of challenges. Challenges that Clay and I have both faced while building our own successful businesses. And on this show, we sit down with freelancers and agency builders like you for value-packed on-air coaching sessions with one focus. Taking your business from freelance to founder. We'd love to have you join us on the air for an upcoming episode. To learn how to get your free coaching sessions like the guests you hear on our show, visit freelance2founder.com and click on the microphone icon. We are here and ready to help you take action in your business. On today's show, we have one of my favorite conversations to date with Carl Smith. He's been an in-house web developer for the past 20 years, but at the end of 2018, Carl finally launched a small business of his own, LNL Web Consulting. Carl saw some early success on Upwork, but when one client who was taking up 50 hours of his work week suddenly halted their project, Carl was left wondering if there's a better way to grow his small business. In the first half of today's episode, we talk all about Upwork. Should you be on it? Is it a good long-term strategy? And is it worth your time? Then we round out the show with a fantastic conversation on hiring a marketing person to help you get your name in front of potential clients. When is the right time to hire? How can you find the right person? And ideas for what to do if you literally have zero budget for hiring but desperately need help. It's such a great conversation, I debated airing two entirely different episodes, but ultimately left it all together. So needless to say, you're going to want to stick around to the very end. It all starts after this quick break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language. Order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, we are uh, very excited to be joined today by Carl Smith. Welcome to the show, Carl. Hey, thanks. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to start as we start most episodes by just learning a little bit more about what you do in your business, uh, the kind of work that you do, and where your business is at right now. Can you give us a quick uh, overview? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I've started off uh, as, as a web developer about 20 years ago and didn't get into freelance until uh, the end of 2018. So I've only been doing this part of it for a short time. Um, but I do mostly Ruby on Rails development, uh, some project management as well. Um, but I, I basically have been you know, pulling on the years of experience that I have in, in engineering to, to do what I do. Um, what I really love is sitting in front of the computer and, and, and really creating something. For most of the time that you've been doing this kind of work, you say you've been employed by other people, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I've worked for agencies. I've worked for corporations. So it's been, you know, applications built for clients. It's been internal applications. It's, it's been, you know, a, a pretty wide array of things that I've done. 
when did freelancing sort of start to to enter the picture or maybe when did you start thinking about it and then when did it become more serious like did you ever freelance on the side what's kind of been the journey there well um it was a couple of years ago i was in a job that was uh let's just say uh it was it was causing some difficulties and i sat down with my <laughs> wife and and said you know this is something that we've talked about for years this is something that you know, I've really dreamt of, you know, having our own business and, and really doing this kind of work. I've built up the expertise, you know, why don't we just see if we can give it a go? And so we both decided that we were in a position that we could do that and, and said, okay, let's, let's, let's give it a shot. And, uh, yeah, I, I love that. Clay and I have had similar experiences, uh, talking with our partners about taking the leap and it's, it's a pivotal moment in your career. So, so how did the early days of freelancing actually go for you? You know, it started off kind of rocky. Um, I didn't know where to get clients. I was looking at sites, trying to find RFPs and things like that, and uh, was kind of flailing about for a bit um, until I found Upwork. And from there, uh, you know, I built a profile, and you know, that was kind of slow to start too. You know, you kind of got to hit a learning curve and how to write your proposals and things like that, what clients respond to, and you know, what they're going to respond to in my profile as well. So it's, you know, it's been a process there, but I'd say, oh, about two months after uh, I, I first built that, I started getting clients in and and it, it kind of rolled from there. Okay. And, and has it been servicing clients exclusively on Upwork so far? You know, it's been something of a tough go because one thing I didn't count on, which I guess was kind of obvious, I should have, but <laughs> I didn't, is, uh, you know... I had one client who was a great client. I mean, this guy was just solid. He was friendly. He was excited about what I was building him. And I built like four different applications for this guy. And it was all supposed to be part of a suite that was a long-term thing. He was looking a year and a half, two years out to get everything built. So these were pieces that we were building together. And then all of it, and I was getting, I'd say 50 hours a week from this one client. Oh, wow. And I knew in the back of my mind, you know, I really want to be more diversified than this. I don't want to be just relying on one client. You know, I'd like to take on some other projects and see what else is out there as well while I'm still working with this particular client. But I thought, oh, you know, this is going to be another year and a half, you know, so, you know, so I, I'm really in no rush to do that at that point. Well, the client had a, a life change and all of a sudden decided to drop everything. So here I am, you know, rolling 50 hours a week and it goes from that to nothing. Oh, that's a tough blow. It was a really tough blow. Um, it, you know, it was one of those things I just wasn't counting on. You know, now I'm a lot better at, you know, I, I try and keep at least two or three different clients all the time, no matter how much my bandwidth is. Um, and, and you know, and I, I limit the amount that I can give each client because of that. But, you know, they're pretty understanding. You know, I'll, I'll tell them, you know, it's like, look, I understand that you're looking for 50 hours a week right now, but I really can't dedicate all of my time to one client because I have a business I need to run and I need to make sure that, that that's working. This presents a really interesting uh, scenario, though, which I'm sure we can get into later in the episode, which is if you have clients that need 50 hours a week, that becomes a really great opportunity to potentially scale your business. So I'm excited. And a little bit later in the episode, we can we can talk about opportunities to actually scale the service that you're providing those clients into because, yeah. you know, if you had three or four contractors or three or four employees, giving yeah. 50 hours to a client in a week wouldn't take up all of your time. It would actually be scalable. Absolutely. Yeah, 50 hours a week, uh, you working that by yourself, like you're pretty much uh, their employee. Uh, yeah. At that point. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And, you know, that's that's part of why, you know, I was really interested in, in getting on this call today because it's, you know, I see what you guys are doing with this whole freelancers and founders thing. And that's where I have not had luck. I have a client who... who 
really wants those hours. And then I talk to him about my experience. I've, you know, I've done lots of hiring and, um, you know, interviewing and bring, you know, I, I know lots about how to, how to vet, you know, possible people to work with. And, you know, and I talk to them about bringing people on board, but they always balk at it. I can never get somebody to, to really say, you know, hey, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do that. I think that what they look at and what they hire me for is they look at those 20 years of experience. They look at, you know, somebody that they think, okay, this guy is going to, you know, be able to, to kind of ride the roller coaster with us and knows how to navigate those things. And we don't want to bring other people on, you know, because that's, that's why we hired him. You know, that's what I'm right. surmising. I don't really know if that's yeah. the truth, yeah. but that's what I'm running into. I've, I've run into a brick wall time and time again, talking to clients about that very thing. What a lot of listeners uh, are familiar with is this freelancer to founder scale that we have everyone who comes on the show give us their numbers, I guess. Carl, you told us that you're currently a two, closer to a freelancer. Yeah. You want to, in the next six to 12 months, move to that six number. Mm -hmm. uh, which would put you a little bit closer to like being a founder or being running an agency, kind of being a bit more of an entrepreneur than a freelancer. Yes. And so uh, I love what you're saying here because this is unpacking exactly what you feel like are the stumbling blocks from going from two to six. So after the break here, we're going to take a quick break uh, with a message from our sponsors. And then we're going to dive into all of these details because I can, I are, I know Clay well enough to know he's got some, he's already itching to share some ideas. Always... <laughs> I've got some notes, some things I want to share, but there's going to be a lot of really great stuff in this episode. So we'll be right back after this quick message and we'll dive in. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com promo code FREELANCE or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate 
easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we're back. We have a lot to talk about. We're here with Carl Smith. Uh, he just shared with us basically uh, his journey from working full-time for most of his career for someone else. And then in late 2018, almost 2019, started freelancing and eventually found Upwork, which I would love to unpack just really, really briefly on finding clients on your own versus using a marketplace like Upwork, because I think a lot of freelancers sort of discount Upwork or other marketplaces as places you can only find cheap clients or things like that. But it sounds like that maybe hasn't been your experience, that there's been a lot of really great clients that you found through the service. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've had some that, uh, let's say, weren't so great, but, uh, but for the most part, it has been a great experience for me. And and honestly, um, it's the only avenue that I've tried that I've been able to find clients. Uh, what I think a lot of people don't realize, though, is that that's what you get with Upwork is, yes, there are so, some bottom of the barrel sort of tire kicker clients, but what you also get is a very robust, I mean, Upwork is doing the work for you, recruiting businesses to come and and work with freelancers. And so it also comes with this really great built-in sort of pipeline of potential new clients. But it sounds like some of the clients that you're finding are are very demanding and not necessarily in a bad way. They just want you to work lots of hours. Yeah, they have a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, in some yeah. cases, these are uh, smaller agencies that are bringing me on to kind of help them through a part of the project. So they'll want me to come in and basically architect a back end for them while they build the react front end and, and, and build it, you know, that type of thing. And, and so, you know, it's been kind of a nice little niche there because you, you get a, a team that, that really is looking for good advice and is, is wants to rely on my advice. And so I, I really like those situations. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've got a client and they've got deadlines and they, they'd like to get things done in a, in a, reasonable amount of time for what they promised their client. And so, yeah, that, that does put pressure on me as well. So the, these large clients that you have, how many of them, like give a ballpark percentage, like how many of them are agencies versus direct to client? Um, I'd say that uh, two of my biggest three clients so far have been that. Okay. And do you find it's, it's the agencies that are sort of balking at this idea of hiring you as an agency versus hiring you as a freelancer? Yeah, but it's not just them. Um, I had one that, that hired me and they had a, a very large project that um, they wanted to take on. And I pitched the same idea to them because actually the guy had even told me and he gave me the open door for it saying that, you know, he thought that we might need more time and more people on this. Even if I could put in 40 hours, he thought they might need more time. And, and so when I brought it up, when I brought it up and, you know, gave him my experience in that and everything like that, he was just kind of silent and, and didn't really give me anything. And I think that can be one of the downsides of Upwork as well, is there's a lot of people testing the waters. They have an idea. They, they're sort of halfway in on an idea. They might do it, be doing this part-time or on the side. And so 
there are a few people who, you know, aren't, aren't necessarily fully committed to actually hiring, even when they post a job, because you can log into Upwork, you can post a job for free. And until you hire someone and they do work for you, you don't actually pay any money. So there's a lot of dreamers too, that are in there. Oh, I don't sure. know if that's been your experience as well, yeah. uh, Carl. I've ran into a couple of those. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would agree with Preston. Um, I now full, full transparency. I don't have that much experience with Upwork. Um, but the, the, the little experience I do have, I, I, I have found it that, uh, it's either one of two situations. It's either like the, the, their project based. And then once the project's done, that's pretty, then it's done. Um, and, uh, and, or, uh, it's a money issue. Um, and you know, you have a lot of clients that, you know, they want to build the next Facebook, but they have the budget of, uh, of a hundred dollar budget. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. uh, I, I have found that, that those two common things, uh, at least with my experience, I don't know, Preston, maybe you had, a di- had different experience. Um, I know you can get some really good clients off of up, uh, sites like Upwork. Um, but that, that's yeah, just we- been my little experience. The only experience I have with Upwork, uh, not the only experience, I've worked as a freelancer on Upwork. I've also hired through Upwork, but very minimally, and it's been a number of years, but my best experience, I would say, or my uh, most in-depth experience I've had is actually uh, recording a podcast with my friend Andy, who was who left his day job to start freelancing and only found his clients through Upwork. So he's very similar to your situation, Carl. Um, and he, to this day, only finds clients through Upwork. And we, every week for a year, we sat down and we just talked about his experience becoming a freelancer, which ultimately ended up talking a lot about Upwork and the pros and cons of Upwork because that's what he was using. And so, you know, I, I've seen, yeah, there's good and bad to it. Like we've said so far in the show, there's, there's a lot of upside to having a whole marketplace and a constant flow of new clients, but it can take a lot more work to vet those clients. They can just Mm -hmm. completely ignore you. You can lose contact with them. And because you only have had contact through Upwork, like there's a lot of downside. Uh, but, but it sounds like Carl, maybe the, maybe those aren't actually the biggest issues that you're facing in reality. The issues you're facing are that, the clients that you do get are they only want to hire you as a contractor as a freelancer for your experience the hurdle to getting to founder or to running an agency is that you actually can't subcontract out some of this work mm-hmm. or at least it sounds like you you feel like you can't is that i mean is that an accurate representation of where you're at currently yeah that's spot on okay yeah that's a that's a very good point preston and and people a lot of people are are in this very exact same situation you are carl and they're perfectly happy with with this um, however, if you want to, you know, if you want to move more towards a founder, um, then then, yeah, it's all about positioning. But I would say it's um, something that might help is is uh, expectations. I had a lot of clients like this um, when I had my agency that I had before. And, you know, I had there's a few handful of clients that, you know, they wanted to deal with me and me alone. And that was just because I mean, after I look back on it. That was because of expectations that I that I set with them at the very very beginning, and mm-hmm. so like at the very beginning with these particular clients versus other ones, you know I, I I don't know if it was because like I really wanted the sale or or whatnot, uh, but I ins- assured them that okay I'm gonna be like the point man I'm gonna be the person you know that they're gonna have to deal with, and so therefore they expected that going forward. However, with other clients that I had, um, I set the expectation on the front end that said, hey, I'm I'm here. However, it's my team that's going to take care of you. 
And so, and I know you don't have a team right now, but um, I think there's some things that you could do as far as expectations on the front end that might be able to help with, with moving forward without having clients completely uh, stuck on you a, a, as an individual. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I agree with that. I think it has, I think it has a lot to do with positioning. It's a little bit more complicated through Upwork, but, um, Oh, for sure. We, so at Milo, we work with, uh, sponsors primarily would be like our primary client. And I actually use our team as a way to sort of comfort the client and say, it's not just going to all be me. <laughs> like it's, I'm not going to be the fail point or the, or the linchpin in this, uh, in this scenario where, you know, if I'm sick or I get hit by a bus, your campaign doesn't go through. Um, you know, I've got three or four other people all working on this campaign together. And so that's actually a benefit to my clients to, so that they can rest assured that there are lots of competent people working on solving this problem for them as opposed to just one. So I don't know if that's an additional way you could frame it. I'm curious, Carl, have you looked into um, creating an agency on Upwork? Have you heard about that at all? Uh, I have actually. I, I've created an agency profile out there um, and I've actually talked to a couple different people. Um, there's a Ruby on Rails developer that I've worked with in person for a while, and uh, he's a good developer. And um, he's created an Upwork profile and, and added himself to my to my agency to you know saying that you know we'd, we'd love to work together moving forward. Yeah. There's, a, there's a quality analyst that I worked together with on a pretty big project last year, um, and she did a fantastic job. And so you know I, I reached out to her when I put the agency together as well, saying hey you know if I if I can get an agency uh, client, you know, would you would you be interested in working with me again? And she said, you know, she would love to. And so and so I've got both of them on my agency profile. Uh, so I, I, it's more than just me when you look at it. But still, that's that's that hasn't been a fruitful avenue for me. <laughs> yeah. So have you you haven't gotten any new clients since you've made that profile? I just wonder if the agency profile could help sort of manage those expectations that we're talking about, where they know that you're not the only one that's going to be working on, on their project. Right. No, I actually, I have had uh, a couple of new clients since then. Um, and, and they, uh, they reached me through my personal profile and I right. let them know about the agency profile and it ran into the same, similar thing that I was telling you about before. Yeah. Ah, oh, very interesting. So, quick mm-hmm. question. Uh, these, these, uh, clients that you're getting that let's just say the, the top three big clients that you've had, mm-hmm. uh, d- did you get them from Upwork or where did you get them from? They were all from Upwork. Upwork, okay. And mm-hmm. out of the out of these these clients, would you say they're completely like ideal, perfect client that you absolutely love working with them, and they're in addition to that they are profitable? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, all three of them, I would okay. say. Mm-hmm. And 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 over what span of time? Maybe you mentioned this before. Over what span of time would you say like uh, that you've gotten these clients uh, on Upwork? Like, how long did it take you to get these? Let's say I, I probably joined Upwork in January last year, and then the first of these big clients came through in, um, I'd say it was the end of April last year. So that that one took a while. Uh, that that was my mm-hmm. biggest learning curve was was really um, figuring that that whole thing out. And uh, you know, I, I actually took some strategies there. Um, I lowered my rate significantly actually to something that was not even mm. affordable for me but i did as a and I, and I put on my profile that this was an introductory rate this was something that i was doing to um you know to to bring in new clients and and meet them that way and um you know the first client that i got it was kind of you know keeping me stuck at that at that rate um fortunately he was one that ended up bailing on the project before too long anyway 
Um, but the second client, I kind of wised up a little bit. And, and you know, I, when we had the phone call, I expressed again that this was an introductory rate and that, you know, I'd be willing to work the first 15 hours or so just so he can kind of understand where I'm at. But then after that, you know, I would want to move up to something that was more suited to my skills. Mm. And uh, he totally agreed. And we, that's exactly what we did. And he turned out to be a fantastic client. You know, he was the one that I was working 50 hours a week on for, for quite a while last year. Um, yeah. You know, so that worked out great. And then, you know, since then, I've been able to keep my, my rate pretty steady. So it was kind of one of those things. You know, I think it was because people go out there and they look at, at, at developers and they see their profile. And I had no, you know, I had no clients. I had nothing on there for them to see. I had a resume. But, you know, I think they like seeing client feedback on there, you know, to, to really get something going. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe other people have a completely mm -hmm. different experience and they get out there and they have no clients. And, you know, they're getting hits right away because their skills or maybe they, they set up their profile better than I did. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I'm sure that those are, are variable qualities as well, but that's, that's kind of what it took for me. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I can see the wheels turning in Clay's mind. I know him well enough to know that he's cooking up some really good stuff. So I think this would be a good chance to take a quick break Hear a message from our sponsors. Thank you to the companies that support us so that we can deliver this show to you for free. Carl, if you can hang in there for just a second. Um, I know Clay's cooking up some good ideas. So we will be right back after this quick break. You are listening to Freelance to Founder. Okay, welcome back to Freelance to Founder, the podcast where we help freelancers scale their business. We're here today with Carl, who's uh, growing his business so far on Upwork. We're diving a little deeper into how he finds clients and how his business is going so far. When we took the quick break, I saw the wheels turning in Clay's mind. So I'm just going to unleash him right now and uh, and let him just take off with more questions and some really great feedback, I'm sure, for Carl. Go ahead. Okay, so so Upwork's been profitable for you. The only thing I'm concerned with is, and I, I'm just I'm looking at the the questionnaire that you filled out is that you, uh, one of the hurdles is you want clients with uh with with sizable budgets, um yeah. that are probably n that are not high maintenance. J just every <laughs> like every every other designer <laughs> and developer want you know that's the ideal client, right? Um, I would venture to say that. Uh, even though Upwork, and I'm not saying to stop Upwork um, because it's obviously been profitable. The only thing I'm, I'm concerned with is is the time and effort to acquisition, the cost of acquisition. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would almost venture to say that Upwork is maybe not the the most ideal place to find these the, the, your ideal client. Um, and so I I would look I would almost take a deep dive into the clients that you. Uh, you have or you want, right? You can make a list of clients that you want and have kind of a target list sure. and figure out where they hang out, right? Hold on, Clay. Mm -hmm. why, I'm curious why you're giving that advice because he said that like most of the clients that he's currently working with are his dream clients on Upwork and that it's provided a steady stream of new clients or at least people interested in chatting with him. So I'm, cu I'm just curious where the advice comes from. Well, so I, I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think there's way more efficient ways of uh, and, and better ways to snag this type of client. And this is just from my experience um, okay. because I, I, think, I think sites like Upwork, and I don't mean uh, there, there's nothing wrong with sites like Upwork. I, I think it, it, it attracts a very particular type of client. Um, I think it's very transactional, generally speaking. Um, I, I think there are other ways that you can you can get this type of client. 
um, where it doesn't cost the cost of acquisition isn't as high as far as like dollars and time. And I think you can get more volume. Carl, do you, do you feel like your acquisition cost in time or money or both is, is high right now to get a new client? Honestly, I would say I do. Um, it, okay. it, it's one of those things where it's, it's not because, okay, so once I do get a client to, um, onto a phone call, it's usually pretty quick before uh, we go to starting a project. So you're good at closing a deal. I would say that out of the phone calls I've had, I probably closed 80% of them. You know, so that's, that's, that's pretty mm. good, I think. I love it. Um, so- but my problem is getting to the phone call. And I yeah. will say that I probably put out 30 proposals for every one I get a response to. Um, and, and, and so I'm struggling with that. I don't, you know, I've, I've been looking for advice on, you know, cover letters and things like that and trying to find, you know, what is it? I'm doing something wrong there. I don't know what it is yet, but I, you know, that's something I really need to focus on and figure And maybe it's my profile also. I'm not just sure. based off what I'm, I'm hearing in this conversation. I, I know where your issue is. Your issue is not, so you're talking about cover letters. You're talking about how your profile set up. You're talking about conversion tactics here. Yeah. But it sounds like your conversion is super high already, 80%, right? So yeah, With the phone calls. Once I get them on the phone, it's that high. Yeah. Putting them to the phone is where I'm having the, tr- the trouble. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. all, all of that's conversion strategies, right? So you, I think your issue is, is that you need, right, you need to increase the calls or increase the inquiries, right? And right. so uh, the bottleneck is not how can I convert more. I think the bottleneck is, how can I create more awareness? And so it, it's from a marketing, uh, it's a marketing term, the, the top of the funnel. A lot of people call it tofu. I call it discover. Um, there's basically five different strategies of a client life cycle. It's discover, which is the top. And, and that's where you are basically creating awareness of your brand and your company to people who have no idea that you exist. Um, the second one is called engage, and that's basically people who know you exist. They they follow you around. They know you, but they haven't they haven't uh, converted into a client yet. The third one is convert. They are now a new client, but they're still testing the waters with you. Yeah. Um, so they you know it's like a 50-50 chance, generally speaking, that they might stay with you. And the fourth and the fifth are basically commit and rave. So that's basically keeping the client forever. Um, and so it sounds like you are very very good at the um at the convert stage which is right in the middle however i think what your your issue is is that you're not you're not feeding your discover strategies and you're not creating enough awareness of your brand uh, to people who don't know you exist and so like if you're if you're focusing let's just say just on upwork and i I don't know what other kind of strategies you're doing um but if you're focusing just on upwork that is literally one strategy that you're doing for your agency. And so you need to have at least a dozen more strategies that you need to be uh, doing and implementing to create more awareness. Or at least a dozen more that you ought to test and then land on, you know, one or two or five that, that really work. I mean, managing 12 or more strategies all at once (laughs) can be overwhelming. Right. But, but certainly it's worth, it's worth, yeah, testing them out and, and seeing which ones, drive the most awareness and the most inbound inquiries because yeah like clay saying once you get someone on the phone that you're done you're you're golden yeah getting that away breathe through a straw yeah i think you can you can breathe 
but you're trying you're you're totally limiting the amount of air that's coming in yeah that makes perfect sense um you know and i think the 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 problem for me comes in is is you know what other avenues can i use you know i've tried other sites that are similar you know i've looked at like say freelancer.com but it seems to me that that's looking for a completely different market i mean i, I see lots yeah, of projects yeah. down there where they want to spend 200 dollars on a 10 month right. project you know that type of thing which mm -hmm. I, you know so i've had no luck there um, I've, I, you know, I, you know, look at, at LinkedIn and, you know, different things, but th this is the, the thing that I guess I struggle with too, is that I'm not a marketer by nature. I'm not a salesman by nature, as far as, you know, what skills I need to hone to do that. I am a learner and I'm willing to learn. Um, but it just, it's like, I, I looked at LinkedIn and I see a puzzle and I see, you know, mm -hmm. okay, so how do I crack this in order to get clients out of it? You know, yeah. I'm not really sure. Um, you know, for, for me, for some yeah. reason, programming is a lot easier than that. <laughs> and uh, well, let me ask this question, Carl. Well, let me first say, you know, there are, we will link in the show notes. We will link to other sites like Upwork, um, freelance job sites. You know, there's one that comes to mind sort of this is a quick tangent, but one that comes to mind that you may want to check out, Carl, which is called TopTal, which uh, they they pre-vet their freelancers. So they claim they have the top one or two percent of freelance talent in the world. So they vet the freelancers. The same with uh, FreeUp, and they they vet the freelancers ahead of time so that then they can they can charge clients more. So then you get sort of a more premium client. Whereas if you went with Freelancer.com, you're sort of moving down the ladder of quality clients and big big ticket projects. Yep. And with these others, you're maybe moving up the ladder from Upwork up into Top Talent, FreeUp. Um, where there's maybe some more high-end opportunities. I, I give you some examples because uh, I think like, uh, you know, you're thinking of other ways on how to create awareness of, uh, of you. Um, so like looking at freelancer.com, to me, that's, that's uh, the, almost the exact same strategy as using Upwork. You're just, you're adding to it, which I'm, I, you know, I, I'm totally down for. Um, but you need, I think you need to think a little bit outside the box here. I think yeah. doing, doing things that, uh, and this is something I teach over at my website. Uh, it's, it's over at Dripify, but it's, uh, you know, you got to look at things like search engine optimization might be good. Uh, social media, uh, having a proper social media strategy, um, mm -hmm. PR, uh, public relations, or like getting featured in something, right? There is, there mm -hmm. are ways to, to figure out how to get featured uh, on different publications. And there, there is a strategy behind that. Um, there's a thing that, uh, like webinars might be good. Seminars might be good. Workshops, uh, podcasting, obviously, you know, we're on a podcast right now. Right. Um, the, the last thing I want to, you know, and there's, there's like three dozen strategies I can name off, but the last thing I want to name off, which I think would might be, uh, the most beneficial for you, uh, is going to try to try to develop relationships with companies that, share a the exact same target market as you okay and because if you do that and if you develop that relationship and it'll it'll take some time but if you you have to develop that relationship and but once you do they will send you endless referrals without any effort hardly minimal effort from you you don't have to like go fishing for it every single time Hmm. And so if you develop that, and let's just say it might be like an IT company, right? That like, right. that's a perfect example. An right. IT company, um, they share, they might share the exact same client as you, um, but they don't do what you do, right? right. Um, so they, it's very easy to have that conversation with their clients, uh, you know, to, to look at potential projects for you. 
And so as long as you keep that relationship developed and, and, and nurture that relationship, they will keep sending you referrals and you don't have to do anything other than trying to uh, nurture one relationship versus, you know, a hundred different ones with a hundred different clients. Yeah, that makes sense. Carl, what does the cash flow look like in your business right now? Like, are you barely surviving? Do you have some decent cash flow that you could invest in? Here's why I ask, because I wonder if it would be worth it in your scenario where you say, I'm not a marketer, I don't come by this naturally, but I'm happy to learn it. It yeah. may make sense to actually invest in a marketing person like like a Clay, who's maybe a freelancer or a contractor that could help you set up some of these marketing channels and test them and run the data and see what's most effective. I mean, do you have resources that you could dedicate to that? You know, unfortunately, right now, I, I wouldn't say I'm in a position to do that. You know, it, it yeah. is something that I've looked at. My wife and I have talked about saying, OK, well, you know, you know, we get to here, then we can start putting aside a budget for that. But we haven't yeah. got there yet. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. You know, one thing we've talked about with a couple other guests, there's always that trade off, right? As as bootstrapping freelancers doing it on our own, you know, maybe some side hustlers or whatever we all and I'm this way 100 percent. It's like, where can I save money and do it myself? Mm-hmm. Because I'm a smart guy, I like to learn, I can figure stuff out, I'm pretty talented at, I'm, I'm sort of surface level talented at a, a wide variety of things. Um, and so usually right. my first question is like, could I just do that myself and save the money? But what we've identified with quite a number of people that have been on the show so far is there's sort of an opportunity cost, right? If yeah. you can, you know, work 10 hours on Upwork and get paid for that, or you can spend 10 hours trying to learn webinars or something, you know, where is that time better invested in actually driving revenue to your company? Well, it would be better invested at the moment in just doing the billable work. That's right. Yeah, it's a very good point. And then you could hire out setting up a webinar. And so, you know, you're every, every time you take time to learn a new marketing strategy or implement a new marketing strategy, instead of hiring someone who could do it in a 10th of the time, there's always that opportunity cost of not being able, especially in your case, where you still work on billable hours, 100%, you always, you always have that opportunity cost saying any hour that I dedicate to figuring out a new marketing strategy is an hour. I can't be working for a client. I think every business owner, uh, should, should make decisions uh, based off where they want to be, not where they're currently are at, which is so um, hard to do, right? It's I mean, oh, it's so, so difficult. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm even guilty of like not making those decisions, right? Hundred um, percent. But it's like like in this situation, if it's marketing, like you, uh, Carl, you say you're not a marketer, but you could you could easily hire a marketing person. Um, I say easily. Yeah. You you have that option. Like that's yeah. an option now. Where you know. On this point, what I'm talking about is like you, you you say, oh, you're not in a position to do that because of budget, which I 100% understand. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this is a perfect example of, of making a decision based off your current situation. And because of that, it's going to totally bottleneck you. It's going to like it's it's going to keep you where you are. And so I don't know, like I, I have a friend of mine who. Uh, he, he did the math, you know, what, how much he's worth if he were to do uh, the things that he's good at. And so he actually did hire a marketing person to do all of that stuff. Um, and in addition to that, he, he worked extra hours as like an Uber driver to help, you know, offset that cost. But he, he was still able to make that decision for his business based off where he wants to be, not where he currently is. So, that, yeah, that's yeah. A, like, this is a super tough 
uh, situation as far as like trying to make that decision. But it, I think it's just one of those things. It's like you gotta you gotta bite the bullets at some point to be able to grow. And I don't think Clay is the kind of person that would, and I'm certainly not the kind of person that would recommend that you like invest all this money hoping that it works out that's <laughs> right i mean that's dangerous like you could find yourself now going back and having to get a job because it didn't work out and lots of entrepreneurs end up doing that they spend the money before they have it and then they end mm-hmm. up going bankrupt because they they did it backwards but i think i love that you started to get to to this point clay which is i think there are creative ways you can figure it out you know you could um potentially find a marketer who you could trade work with oh that's good uh you could find you know, someone who will take, who wants to develop an app because we all know every marketer also has a million business ideas that they <laughs> want to try out. And so they may have an app or a website that they want developed and you might be able to do some of that work for them for free if they'll do some marketing work for you for free. You know, some some marketers or salesmen will work on commission. You could potentially say for every new client you send me, I'll, I'll give you, you know, X amount of money. Um, you could, yeah. and you could, I mean, you could get, if you're really desperate, you could cut out other expenses, not related to work since your work and personal finances are probably so closely tied right now, since you're in yeah. the early stages of freelancing, maybe you cut out, you know, uh, date night expenses, or maybe you cut mm-hmm. out, I don't know, cable or, or something. And yeah, maybe that only gets you 150 bucks a month or something, but, but right. reinvesting that money in someone who can help you with marketing could go a long way quickly. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really glad you brought that up, Preston, because uh, <laughs> I think it, it all comes down to like, okay, how serious are you really about scaling your business? Because I, I run into it all the time where where uh, I talk to someone, they're, they're like, they're totally serious, quote unquote, and but they they do the, they have the same response where it's like, you know, I I don't have the money to do this, blah blah blah, but then like a month later they go and and make, buy a brand new jeep wrangler and they're paying 500 dollars a month you know like you know what i'm saying like it's 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 the one of those things it's like okay how serious are you or they might have like a cable bill it's like 200 bucks a month when you could drop that down to a 12 dollars netflix account you know what i mean what you're saying makes a lot of sense and, and i'm looking at it but then my next thought is okay so I, I said myself, you know, I'm not a marketer as far as I, I don't really know what that world is like and whatnot. When I think of that, I think of, um, you know, advertising, getting my name out there and things like that. And and when I think of things like that, you know, I, I actually talked to a company um, when I first started off just trying to find out what kind of budget it would take to, you know, do to engage a business development company. And, you know, we're talking five, six thousand dollars a month. So it's never something that really. I thought of is saying, okay, well, if I set aside another extra hundred dollars a month that, you know, maybe I can at least start doing something. Um, because I am just not aware of, of where I can get that kind of work and, and who, you know, who I would look for that would be willing to engage. I mean, there doesn't uh, yeah. seem like an agency would, would do that. I mean, maybe I should be looking on Upwork for something like that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, I would start with contractors and freelancers, not an agency because mm-hmm. an agency will bill you, bill you quite a bit. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. an agency will have a minimum you have to hit every month. And yeah, they're going to be expensive. They're going to be good, but yeah. they're going to be expensive. Okay. Um, and what, and what kind of strategies do you think I should take as far as looking for something? I mean, am I looking at like Google advertisement? Am I looking at, um, you know, updating my LinkedIn profile and things like, I mean, I'm not really sure what, you know, what, what should I attack first if I want to get the most bang for my buck? 
you're saying if you want to do your marketing yourself, not if you want to find someone no, who can help you with no, it. Or no, I, I guess maybe that's what I should ask the person I'm hiring. Uh, you know, maybe that's that's the best way to go. I, I'm just trying to think like, okay, so if I can set something aside, maybe cut something out or squeeze something, you know, so I can set something aside. What am I asking that person to do? But maybe that's the first thing I do. Is oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a very good question. Um, so, so if you're looking at hiring someone. I, I would be very careful because like every person and their brother is a marketer these days. Um, and <laughs> right. I would say, I would say, I would say, don't quote me on the statistic because I don't know if this is actually true, but I would say like 90, 95% of them aren't that good. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't, you know, or, or in, in a different scenario, they're good at one particular thing. And so I, I would actually, I would, ask, um, there, there's a lot of good questions you can ask this person because I would make sure that they're very well-rounded. But what I think it, you need is someone who could actually put a marketing plan together for you. Okay. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go like right now, I wouldn't go talk to someone who just does Google ads, right? Cause yeah. they're going to pitch you Google ads all day long and that's it. And then um, you're going to spend your whole budget up on one thing and oh, not for know sure. what actually drives results. Yeah. Right. It, it, yeah. And that's kind of where I got the question from, because I know people that do those things and they are very specialized. So it's, you know, so that, that was kind of my thought, you know, what, what do I target? But yeah, okay. So if I can find somebody that will do a marketing plan, then that's a good place to start. Yes, yeah, that's, uh, but just ask a lot of questions, ask a lot of questions and, and, and how they answer those questions uh, is going to help you determine whether or not you think they're good in your gut. Yeah. Um, because it, if, it, if it's someone who's pretty well-rounded in marketing and, com- and c- can put a plan together like that, they should be able to spit out answers pretty quickly and, and in a pretty intelligent way um, and, and also be able to provide some, uh, at least some results like that they've done before. Um, if they can't produce something that they've done before, I, I would, to me, that's a red flag. Um, right. I, I would add to that. You want, you want to find someone who focuses on the right results. Like you might find someone who's really good at Instagram marketing and mm-hmm. they'll talk all day about how many new followers they can get you. And that's great. But mm-hmm. what you really need are new clients, not new yeah. Instagram followers, right? Yeah, or, right. or, or an SEO person can, can tell you how many page views they can get to your blog if you do it right or whatever. And, and a lot of them will say like, this is going to be a six month process. You got to just invest for the first five months. And then in month six, we're going to see some results. Actual, in my experience, marketers who are actually talented can get your results quickly mm-hmm. and yeah. they can focus on the right metrics. There's none of this like building up, building an audience first that can work, but it's expensive and it takes forever. I would, I would search for someone who can get your results quickly and who knows how to focus on the right metrics. So when you're talking to them, if they're talking all about LinkedIn followers or or whatever the metric might be, then yeah. that could be potentially a red flag as well. I would I would I, I would uh I would halfway agree with that. <laughs> so I'm 100% with what Preston said. Um however, I I would uh I would ask the questions of someone who can do both short-term and long-term strategies. Um because mm-hmm. I I tend to I tend to think that the short-term strategies are transactional, uh, more transactional. Um, however, the long-term strategies are more like branding, which can bring you uh, more business in the long run. So I think if you can find someone who can 
do a little bit of both. Um, that that's a kind of a well-rounded plan. I I think my personal opinion. I think that's the way to go. For hmm. sure. I think if you're spending the hundred dollars that you're saving on your cable bill, though, for me, it's like, how do I get quick results in the next ninety days? And then as and then with those results, and then I begin investing in some of these long-term strategies when I have way more than a hundred dollars to reinvest. Yes, yeah, you know? I would agree with that. That makes sense. Carl, what's what's uh, we're coming up on the tail end of the episode here, which I, I've completely gotten lost in the time. What's resonating? What's not? What have we left out? Where do you want to take this episode for the last maybe five or ten minutes that we have? Well, you know, I think that you know what you guys have said has has been very sound. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, investing in some some marketing, finding other avenues. You know, the breathing through the straw uh, metaphor it really stuck with me. It, it's exactly what I'm doing. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm actually working right now and and trying to kind of expand what I offer. I'm working on kind of productizing my my uh, skills and, and seeing if I can do something like, you know, look at a specific market. Like I'm thinking about small businesses and, and getting most of a site for a small business built and then kind of marketing that in a way that I can do it for lower cost at higher volume, uh, maybe on a subscription level or something like that. So I've been trying to be creative in, in maybe doing something different in what I'm offering. And, and then I have had some ideas on how to market that. Um, but I guess this is a little bit off topic from what we've been discussing, but just trying to find different ways to, 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 to really be able to expand and, and, um, you know, get to where it is that we want to go. I love that. I think you're thinking the 100% right direction. In fact, Clay and I, uh, would love, we could do a whole episode with you where we just spitball ideas on like a subscription model, recurring revenue oh, model. Sure. Both of us are huge <laughs> fans of that kind of model. It's sort yeah. of next level stuff after you get your feet planted in this sort of freelancer, um, hourly based work, project based work stuff. Like it's really kind of the next, the next step on the rung or the next rung on the ladder after that. So maybe we, maybe we can have you back in a little while and we can chat through some of those ideas. Cause I think that'd be a lot of fun as well. All right. Sounds fantastic. Well, mm -hmm. Carl, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, man. We really, really appreciate you taking time to chat with us, and I hope it's been helpful. Well, thank you for having me. Do you mind if I mention where folks can find me? Oh, absolutely. Please do. <laughs> okay. If you uh, you want to look at my website, it's at uh, llweb.biz. You, know, you can find me on LinkedIn also at uh, Carlton Smith, C-A-R-L-T-O-N-S-M-I-T-H. Cool. Great to have you, Carl. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you guys having me. This has been a great time. All right. Take care, man. You too. Freelance the Founder is a production of Milo. You can discover more business building resources for freelancers at millo.co. And you can learn more about Clay's business and level up your entrepreneurial skills by visiting getdripify.com. Freelance the Founder is distributed by The Podglomerate. You can check out their other great podcast at thepodglomerate.com. And the theme music was produced by Joaquim Karud. You can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. We'd love to have you join us on an upcoming episode. To learn more, visit freelancetofounder.com. That's all for this week's episode. Until next time, keep up the hard work and we'll see you soon. See ya.